Hey guys, we made it to season 5 of the Ask People podcast. I'm your host Savvy Rocks and in this season we aim to empower and embrace creativity through diversity as we dive into the fascinating stories and experiences of a diverse range of individuals highlighting their unique perspectives and creative endeavours from artists and entrepreneurs to innovators and activists. We celebrate the power of diversity in driving creativity and fostering positive change. Join us as we engage in thought-provoking conversations like I made myself intentionally homeless in pursuit of my purpose. We're aware that a lot of people want to present and they and they were in my position and, and what's worse, they weren't a white male, which is a joke that that's even still a thing. I think my family never ever say you can't do something. So full of support, full of support for whatever dream. If I said tomorrow I want to fly to the moon, they'll probably say I wish you all the best, Mel. So guys, I just want to say thank you for supporting the Us People podcast for the past five years. And we look forward to sharing another new theme song with you. Let's go. Hi, I'm Nikki Allen, a psychic medium, author and angel communicator. And you are listening to the Us People podcast with Savier Rocks. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Yes People podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and today I'm really humbled and happy to have Nikki Allen on the Yes People podcast. We've been laughing way before we press record, which is so cool. But let me tell you what Nikki does before we start cracking up and we won't be able to stop. So, Nikki is the author of Me, Myself and I. The Diary of a Psychic. It's a brilliant book. I urge you to go and read it because it's it's like a it's like a memoir of everything that she's been through. And I'm I'm just about to talk to her about it, but I wanna wanna let you guys know it's a memoir of everything that she's kind of been through in several years of everything just happening one after the other. And I believe it's about making choices, but knowing in the end what choices you've made but wanting to change and that's a beautiful thing within itself so Nikki I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for coming on the Ask People podcast how are you doing this evening darling it's a pleasure you totally got that together how professional are you and do you know what your voice is so gorgeous oh my god it's just like the most delicious chocolate running down my throat (laughs) And then I sound like this Essex girl. Hello. <laughs> Honestly, I sound like I was being hypnotised by you. And then suddenly they're going to hear my voice and go, oh, big wake up call. Come on, Essex girl. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Darling, thank you so much for having me here. And you're absolutely right with that book. It's oh my goodness, as we we as we go through the stages of it, it it's um I think a very massive, massive example of how much human loss you can take and still have faith. Because I pretty That's much love everything. But no, thank you for having me here, darling. Let's try not to laugh too much. <laughs> hey, this is what it's about. It's we need more laughter. Believe me, we need more oh laughter. Oh my goodness, don't we? Do you know what I was doing? I was doing a video. Um, I think it was yesterday on YouTube, 
And there were so many people saying, oh, my God, you made me laugh so much. Thank you. And it's just you've got to. The situation that the planet's in at the moment, if you don't laugh, you're just going to cry. cry. I think. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> you've got to laugh So you might as well do it. both together. You can laugh and cry together, but be happy. Yeah. So yeah, you can cry one. as well if you need to release. Have a little cry as well. Or if it's a happy cry, that's fine. But you've got to laugh because, my goodness, you know, one of the biggest things in, in me, myself and I is, is about mindset. You know, no matter what's happening in your life, if your mindset is focused and you're calm and you're happy and you're positive, then you can win any battle, even if it is sitting day after day inside, you know. Um, it's right. There's not a violin in the background, by the way. You might be picking up on my poor little dog crying. And the thing is, if I now go and put him in a room somewhere, people need to go, oh, how cruel is that? That poor dog's crying and she's thrown him in a room. I can't even put him under the stairs because I live in a bungalow. Let, let him out. Why don't you let him out? <laughs> let, let him out, Nikki. Let him out. He won't go out because it's raining. Oh, my goodness. But it doesn't matter. He'll calm down in a minute. He's just got a bad tummy, so he likes to tell me about it. But he's, he's awake now with my other little dog having a cuddle, so he should be all right. It's just in case people think, oh, my God, something paranormal's happening. I can hear something in the background. <laughs> Might be our cousins. You never know. <laughs> oh yeah, baby, we are family. Absolutely, yeah, it could be our cousins. Exactly. See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> let me jump into our first question, Nikki, because mm -hmm. I, I had to wipe the tears from my eyes because we've been laughing so much. But <laughs> uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and be serious for a second. It's not Go gonna on. work. Just so, try, darling. Try very, try. very hard. <laughs> Yeah, see, you don't make it any easier. <laughs> so I can't help it. Your energy is so light and refreshing. I can feel it and I'm bouncing off it. It just makes me feel really happy. Well, go on, do it. Be serious. Right. Go, 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 go. Right. Go. That's what the police that's what the police said to me. No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just had to say that it just came up from nowhere. <laughs> so I'm gonna go into my first question i'm going to bring the mood down and i'm going to go into my first question mm -hmm. so my first question for absolutely everyone who comes on the show and everybody knows this because i always say that sentence is nikki can you tell me about your life of where you grew up and how that influenced you to be the person who you are today yeah, of course. I I think really it's a it's a big spiritual part um, that influenced me. My I grew up. I was really happy in a massively happy family. Actually, my dad was an upholsterer. Um, my mum helped him out as well. She was a seamstress and and helped him. Um, and I had two. I got a younger brother, younger sister, and we were all very happy. The only difference was is that paternal side full of psychics healers and that kind of thing so I kind of grew up I remember those early years of tarot cards being on the table so it's a very spiritually led type um, life which I thought you know everybody was pretty much like I didn't realize that I wasn't a muggle I was I was a witch <laughs> but um, it, you know everything was happy and healthy and fantastic until my dad died in a road accident when I was nine um, and that pretty much was a catalyst to so much trauma in my life and the rest of my family. My mum really lost the will to live. Um, she gave up then and there because she was a 32-year-old woman with three kids under 10, so she just lost the plot. Love of her life gone in a heartbeat. 
Um, and then I had my dad visit me two days later when I was out walking the dog with my auntie. The whole family was staying. And I saw him pull up in a car and put his thumb up and say, Nick, Nick, I'm OK. Don't worry. So I've gone absolutely ballistic, gone home. And you can you can imagine everybody's mourning. And I basically like said, how dare you lie? I've just seen daddy. You know, he's alive. He's alive. Why are you lying? So the sceptical side, I suppose, my mum's side of the family, even though my mum was psychic as well. Well, thinking, oh, bless her, she's grieving. But my granddad then said to me, um, my dad's dad said, you're you're different. You're going to start seeing things that other people can't. Then, and your dad's your first one. I used to have dreams and awareness of energy and things, but I'd never seen a proper spirit person. And then my mum ended up a few years later uh, marrying an animal, basically, who was um, a physical, sexual abuser, mental abuser. And so I went through many, many years of horrific abuse and my mum um, kind of took it for the team so that my brother and sister were protected. And so I turned out to be a very, very angry person with the life that we'd been given by that stage. But the problem was, is that I was obsessed with wanting to be a police officer. So an angry girl that wants to, you know, totally roar out there because of, the, you know, what we've been given. We'd done nothing wrong. And I felt we'd been punished. And um, I was then I was then going to become a police officer. And I absolutely nailed it. I nailed it. Every single exam I did at school, I was so focused on wanting to get that job. Um, and that job was my most magnificent armour for the rest of my old life, if you like. Um, because I hid behind um, Detective Morley, because that's my my um, original name, Morley. I hid behind that that um, badge, and all of the anger and the discontent and the hurt and the pain and the vulnerability that I felt kind of was hidden away. And so I stood yeah. behind this strong. I know what I'm doing, roughy tufty detective. You know, in the police service. Um, and didn't really come to terms, didn't heal, didn't look after myself inside and outside. Um, I had no respect for myself because when you are a victim of abuse, you tend to end up believing and getting a self-belief system of what your abuser is telling you. Yeah. So I had no self-esteem whatsoever. I had no self-belief, no self-worth. And I pretty much just clambered my way through my 20s being the biggest party girl, trying to be the best copper in the whole of the police force, striving to be the best to people please. And I never for one minute thought how unhealthy that was. Yeah. Never for one minute did I realise how unhealthy it was. I just thought that, yeah, I'm the party girl, you know, I'm this. And don't get me wrong, you know, at the end of the day, everything that happens in life um, – you know, you know, it's not as if I look back and go, oh, no, that was horrible. I hate that person. I'm honouring that person because of the hurt I was going through. But what I can see now after the amazing miracles that took place, which obviously we'll talk about in a bit, after that I've seen all of the actions, behaviour and, and choices that I made back then were all fight or flight. They were all based on how to protect myself and how not to expose myself to vulnerability. And so it was exhausting. It was exhausting trying to be someone that I wasn't. And then when I got retired, um, 
with a duty, with an injury on duty. I was retired, medically retired from the police service, and they just dropped me like a stone. You know, I just wasn't important anymore. They just didn't even bother picking up any of my stuff. It was just like, right, you're out. You're no use to us, and that was it. So it was, it, I also had issues with abandonment. You know, they were my yeah. family. When we say about our family, which is like yeah. the angel realms, the universe, spirit world, um, I was out from this family. You know, I didn't see anybody that you, obviously you work and play with these people. So I went through this huge breakdown. And that was when the demons started rushing in, even then. And so I, I had a lot of therapy to deal with some of the stuff. But it was more the mental side of the healing that took place during those years. Um, and then. Literally, um, my house came alive. I started getting spirit people visiting me during the night. The person I was with at the time saw them and heard them as well. There were light bulbs exploding when I walked past them. It was like watching, I don't know, Sabrina the Witch, an episode of that. It was like, what the hell is going on? And my house was alive and then um, with spirit people. Um, And then there was a spirit baby crying, 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 crying every night. Um, every time I went to a room, it went into another room. And if you've heard, you know, like a newborn baby wailing, yeah. that was it. And yeah. even my partner could hear it. It was absolutely horrific. And then it wasn't until my friend asked me to go to see a medium with her. She was scared of going on her own. And I turned up on the doorstep and the medium said to me, you need to start working for the spirit world. Because once you do that, the baby will stop crying. I was there like, wow, hang on a minute. That's really cool. And then that started the Nikki Allen ride, if you like, of me um, perhaps most probably hiding behind my next persona, which was a psychic medium. And literally within a couple of months, I had a year's waiting list. I started doing television work and it all just literally threw in front of me. And before I knew it, I was working with the best mediums in, you know, in the country and um, writing in magazines and the whole world wanted what I had to give, which was this unbelievable talent that had been handed down to me, you know. And then, without doing too many spoilers, the road accident happened. And, wow, that was the third phase of my life, (laughs) which wasn't great. Oh, wow. So let's, hold on. So so Mm. you've been through all of that, first of all, and then the accident happens. So Mm -hmm. break break down the accident for me. Oh, my goodness. It was. I was with someone. And again, this was um, and you'll see this in me, myself and I, that I made bad life choices. Um, I I just needed to be loved, excuse me, and feel safe. And I had two particular partners who I adored, two long term partners who I really did love. Um, But they one they the second one came to an end because he was an alcoholic um, and I, I found strength in a few years being on my own. I thought, yep, yeah, I'm okay. And then I made the biggest mistake of um, going with someone who was a really negative energy, um, but I didn't care because I was desperate to be loved. And he was driving a car down in Devon. I was still living in Essex, still had a house in Essex. And I fell in love with Devon when I was touring down here with Colin Fry and um, Derek Okora at the Riviera Centre in Torquay, and I thought, I'm going to live here. I love it here in Devon because I adore the sea. I am a sea baby. Scuba diving is my passion. If I'm in, on, around the sea, I'm the happiest person in the world. And um, literally, we came down here. I was looking at getting a mobile home, and we thought we'd go into 
a turn into a restaurant. I was in the passenger seat. As we turned in to go into the restaurant, a girl who had just passed her test the day before T-boned us. She didn't even see us turning left. So she came straight into the side of the car that I was on. And I could see her coming. <clears throat> and one of the things that went through my head was, is my dad died because of a, an impact where the van tipped over that he was in. And I thought, God, I'm going to go the same way as my dad. How is my mum going to handle this? She was already a ghost of her own self, you know. And um, and I was tr desperately trying to get my seatbelt off to get over the other side because I thought she's going to crush me and it wouldn't release. So the impact ended up with me squashed over on the, on the console of the car. Unbelievably, the car behind the woman who was driving, the girl who was driving, was a police car. So he was on the scene. <clears throat> it was almost angel-led because he was on the scene. I was screaming in agony. I thought I'd broken every bone in my body. Um, and he literally radioed. And amazingly, there was an ambulance literally just up the road. So they were with me within minutes. And they had to get me out on gas and air. Um, and I couldn't see any blood. I thought there'll be – I honestly thought I had, like, you know, um, broken fractures, broken the skin, compound fractures. That was the pain I was in. Um, got to the hospital, they, they were pumping morphine into me like nobody's business. And I thought, I've got internal injuries. This is all I could think of at the time. And when they came back and said, you've just got soft tissue damage, I was like, what? I'm in agony. You've got this wrong. You've missed something. I went, no, 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 no. So they gave me a load of aura morph to take back home with me. And we was renting a place down here at the time. Um, in Devon and went back there and then I, I think I came out early hours of the morning slept for about a day and the following evening I woke up and it was just a bit of twilight and I've, I realized the, the twilight was burning through my eye sockets and I thought what the heck is going on I just it was agonizing the pain I was in I can't even describe to you it was muscular skin um join everything was in agonizing I like kill me now pain and then when I tried to get up I just flopped on the floor like a sack of potatoes I couldn't even walk couldn't get up so I was screaming out for um, the person I was with I called him dick in the book <laughs> yeah I realized <laughs> I realized I that reson that resonated with me big time <laughs> exactly oh my I just, god and it was capital as well that's what made it that's all dick I thought oh <laughs> I didn't know if I should do that because I thought it's not really love and light in it but at the end of the day I think hey. that people connect with me more because I'm so down to earth and so you know rather than wear a cobweb dress and turn the lighting down and go Wah, I'm psychic and I do all that old rubbish you know you've got the grounded part from being a copper and then just me I, I remember when people from the police came and watched me when I was in theatres and they thought, oh, my God, we thought he was going to be in a long velvet dress and talk all posh. I said, you're having a laugh? I had a pair of jeans on <laughs> and I was me, you know. I'm not going to change that. So, anyway, um, they had to carry me to the toilet and I thought something really seriously is wrong here. Um, three days later, I went back to the hospital and they couldn't find anything wrong. And I said, you've missed something. I'm in so much pain. So they, all they did was just give me more and more pain relief so I was like zonked out <clears throat> and cut a very long story short I ended up um having a year of perpetual tests and what was what I would not do though I would not let go I knew that I had something really serious I knew that I had yeah. something really serious 
and but I wouldn't let go. So I was even doing shows. This is how much disrespect I had for myself. I was even doing shows um, on, you know, in theatres and halls with a settee, a soft settee, so that I could sit and do the show, whereas I should have been in bed. Yeah. So I was screaming and crying all the way up to doing the, this demonstration of mediumship I'd be doing. And then I would literally throw like vodka, Red Bull, painkillers down my throat um, to, to get through it and then go home again because I was people pleasing. I had to please everybody and be there for them. I had no respect for myself, um, which obviously didn't help me um, get any better. I just progressively got worse. And in the end, I ended up collapsing half time through a show it was the worst demons oh my god it was an awful show down in Devon it was near Christmas time and it, and I just thought I can't do this anymore you know and I was so scared to lose my house materialistically I was clinging on trying to do this work for a year and then finally in the January I got the diagnosis of ME which is chronic fatigue syndrome um, and fibromyalgia. Now, I remember people saying, I've got ME, and I used to think, oh, they're so pathetic. Why don't they just get themselves together? They're only a bit tired. Because I don't know if you're, well, you won't remember. You're too young, darling. But it's like the yuppie I'm not flu. as young as you think. Eh? I'm not as young as you think. How old are you? I'm almost 40. What? Mm. Oh, I just want to be sick right now. That's just not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> you look amazing i thought you were in your 20s oh my god i'm sorry but love and light i hate you <laughs> uh, i'm really joking I just, darling you're just, just so beautiful your skin is amazing i do actually want to just be really horrible to you i'm joking i'm joking so <laughs> i'll you hug have... you even if you were i would hug you <laughs> come here come Gorgeous. here i love you so much um so I don't know if you remember, it used to be called the yuppie flu in the 80s and yeah. 90s, you know, and every and, and I did. I remember people that I used to come across saying, I've got ME and I'm like, oh, get yourself together. You're a bit aching, a bit tired. Well, and I had and you don't, do you? When you have not got it affect you or your family, you really don't care about other illnesses, do you? You don't. And then at least then, because I'm a survivor and always have been, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of myself for that. And I could never say that in my, I call my old life before the accident. But I, I, I'm a survivor and I thought, right, let's, let's smash this then. You know, I've got to get rid of this. I'm not having this at all. Um, but then, oh, please be quiet, Teddy. I'm so sorry if you can hear him, listeners, in the background. Oh, we like, you away. We like, te- um, we like Teddy. It's up to more. Love his heart. He's run out. Anyway. So I thought, yeah, that's fine. I can handle this. But little did I know, and I don't want to do too many spoilers for the book, but so many people have written, oh, my God, how much more could you handle? Because it just led to complete loss of every single material thing I ever owned. And I worked my butt off as a police officer. And then, obviously, I put my whole life, I adored doing my work as a psychic medium. I adored the seminars, the workshops, the people, the shows, because I was giving something and helping people bring in comfort. It was, oh, my God, I was so lucky to go from, you know, even though I did readings in the evening when I was a police officer, but to do something on both scales, I was a family liaison officer in the police um, and so I was dealing with murder victim families, rape victims, and I was their strength during their weakness. 
And then I, I'm the strength during people's weakness when they lose people. So it was always an extension of my police work. And then to have that being taken from me, as well as my material life, where I ended up literally with dustbin bags <clears throat> in the back of my car, homeless, because uh, by that point I bought the mobile home down here, but everything went. Um, I literally lost everything. I didn't have a penny to my name. Um, my partner had stolen thousands from me. So I was in such severe debt. I had bailiffs on my back um, who didn't care. The bank didn't care. I'd had a road accident and couldn't work. And I slowly, slowly watched every single thing that a person fears, apart from death. But I think it was like a death of my old self. But, you know, everybody fears partner leaving them. Everybody fears losing money, losing their job, losing their career, losing their health. I had absolutely every, every one of them. Every single thing that we fear, I got and had to endure. And the problem with it was, is perhaps because I'm a very strong-willed person, I could have yeah. got through it most probably, the loss, the material loss, and just gone with it and, you know, and started working in a different way like I am now as a writer and everything. But I couldn't because I couldn't even get my head off the pillow. And so I was going through this, this horrific horrific downward spiral mentally I was the most depressed I was suicidal every single day I didn't want to live I did not want to be here I lost my faith I'd grown up knowing that there were angels singing to me during the times I'd be abused I grew up knowing that my dad would stand by me and hold me and cuddle me and make me laugh during traumatic times I remember when he stood in the doorway in a hospital because I've got an allergy to um anesthetics and I had to have my wisdom teeth taken out awake and they were impacted and I should have been under for it and um, the first lot didn't go well they ended up getting infected and it was horrific I had my eyes puffed up and everything else and then I had to go for the second one so I'd fainted before I even went in there with the stress of it and I knew what pain I was going to go through and discomfort and then my dad just popped up in the doorway and went oh, don't fancy go through that rather you than me I'm like oh my god so I wait for you to come and give me messages and you're just going to come now to take the mickey out for me because I've got to have my wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. So anyway, I remember the doctor who was kneeling on my chest at the time. After about, you know, five minutes, he goes, wow. And he was gorgeous. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God, this doctor was so gorgeous. And he had this really nice Irish accent. He could lay on my chest and rip my teeth out any time. And he said, I don't, I've got a rubbish Irish accent. He goes, I don't know where you went off to, but it worked. Right. And I went, what do you mean? It's all over. It's dumb. And then my dad winked. And what's amazing is, Savia, what is amazing is, right, is that my auntie was in hospital at the same time and I didn't know. Right. And when we yeah. eventually caught up, this is his sister, my dad's sister. When we eventually caught up after, you know, I had all my, got better from my wisdom teeth, she goes, I saw your dad. Um, couple of weeks ago when I was in hospital I went what and we realized it was the same day and I said what was he wearing and he was wearing exactly the same as what I saw him in a purple shirt and gray slacks exactly the same clothing and that's unusual and I think that's perhaps you know if he just wore a white shirt but he made sure that he wore a purple shirt which is obviously spirit color of spirit third eye stuff and um, grey slacks, that's exactly what the, exactly the same clothes he was wearing that he visited my auntie in. 
And so that was my proof then and there. I because you know, as a, you know, I'm an open-minded skeptic, so I'm thinking I just made it up because of the trauma I was going through. But no, he was there in the door, and the, the, even the doctor said, "What? Who was it? What were you looking at the door for?" He said, "It just was weird. You just suddenly went off, relaxed, and I could get on with whatever I was doing, and you just didn't even blink." You know, it was incredible, incredible. Um, and so all of that, when we wind ourselves back forward to me after the road accident, you know, I was I was sofa hopping. I was staying around people's houses, dragging my poor two dogs that were rescue dogs, and they didn't know their ass from their elbow, to be honest with you. Like, where are we staying now? Um, <laughs> and I lost my faith because I just thought, you know what, I must have made it up. I've never seen my dad. They're not angels talking to me. It's all a load of crap. I hate you. I hate the world. I want to die. I've made it all up. I've mind read all the people, the hundreds of thousands of people that I've done readings for. It's all crap. And I just literally went into the darkest space of my life. There was nothing, nothing that I was going to look forward to. The um, the person who I went to see, the specialist, said to me, "The because you end up going to see an osteopath, don't, not osteopath, um, bloody osteopath, what are they called? Oh, my rheumatologist. So all I all I could see, because a consultant had said to me that if you've had it for more than a year, it's pretty much you're not going to get any better. So they gave me a prognosis of you're going to stay in bed for the rest of your life. You're not really going to be able to walk anywhere, do anything. At the time, I'd wake up and an eye would be closed, blurred vision. I had no control over toilet, if that's the best way to put it, <laughs> incontinence. Um, Obviously, 24-7 teeth grit in pain, um, exhaustion. <laughs> exhaustion, there should be another word for it with it with CFS and fibromyalgia sufferers because exhaustion is beyond anything you could possibly imagine. It's just yeah. absolutely, oh, my goodness, you just you can't even get your head off the, off the pillow. And um, to, to see that as a prognosis, we don't get any help. We don't get, there's no support centres. There's an ME clinic that you'll go to through the NHS, which is not worth the salt. It's just not worth anything. Um, they get you, I, I managed to go to one and exhaust me even to get there. And they, they said, oh, take this diary back and, and fill in, you know, your life and um, what, what sets off your pain. And I'm like, I'm I'm always like it 24-7. All I do is lay in bed. I have done for months and years. I had yeah. insomnia as well. So you can imagine how bad it is when you can't get to sleep. So I, I couldn't get to sleep and then I'd sleep all day. My, my whole pattern of existence was completely out of sync. Um, and it was also exceptionally embarrassing because you're staying around people's homes and you're really poorly and you're trying to get up with them and, you know, go to go to sleep the same time as they do. And I just all I wanted to do was just get up you know, at night and wander around if I could to try and stop the pain hurting so much. And I couldn't because I was in people's homes. It was just, in... do you know what? To be honest with you, when I'm talking about it now, it's like I'm talking about someone else's life and someone else's book, you know, yeah. because I'm putting myself back in that situation. I cannot believe I went through it. Equally, I cannot believe the miracles that then took place. And I even now sometimes think, did that really happen? Did I put that in there to make it magical in the book? And I know it did because the dogs, as you've heard, are very vocal and they would go ballistic. As soon as there was a presence in the room, whether it was a guide, angel, spirit person, they were up barking, going mental at whoever was there. So I knew I wasn't making it up. 
I knew that it wasn't a crisis hallucination, if you like, um, when all of these visitations started. And, and the number one word I would say, which perhaps should have been the title of the book, is surrender. Because That's all I title. did... Yeah, surrender. Because all I did, all I did was mourn and grieve my old life. So I used to go diving. I used to have money. I used to have a home. I used to, you know, be a really good psychic medium. I had a world at my feet um, at that stage of my time. As I said, I was touring with Colin Fry. I was just about to sign up on a book deal. I was writing in all the national international spiritual magazines. I was wanted everywhere, you know, all of the time. I had a PA. I had my own team because I couldn't handle the work on my own. So I was literally going from strength to strength. But obviously, I wasn't right inside. I wasn't working it. You know, I was teaching it, I was demonstrating it, but I was not working it myself. And they knew that. And it was like, wow, this is all going really wrong. It's not with the right partner. It's just all wrong. So they literally had to strip me bare to start a blank canvas all over again because they need me for God knows what. You know, at the end of the day, so my nose is itchy. My nose always itches and my head and my crown chakra itches when I talk to people like this on this about this type of thing I think it just again spirit energy angel energy um and I literally was taken through spiritual boot camp it's the only way to describe it and I I ended up my one of my friends randomly lent me some money and said look you're going to get a payout at some point um you need a roof over your head what a beautiful thing he did for me um and I ended up (laughs) renting a place in a cemetery honestly and do you know what though it was a victorian cottage and i used to laugh about it it's in a place called kingswears does anybody that knows devon will know kingswear and as you drive down to the lower ferry that takes you across the river dart dartmouth down there which is stunning beautiful down there there's this cottage on the corner and it's the lodge where the um cemetery keeper used to live and I used to drive past and joke and go, I'm going to live in that house because obviously dead people in the back garden, do you know what I mean? And people used to laugh. And I ended up, <clears throat> I didn't even know. I, I literally, I don't, as I say, another spoiler in the book, my, my nan turned up and said, oh, you know, go on this right move. And so I went on right move and this cottage was there. I didn't realise it was that cottage. And then as we started getting closer and closer, my friend took me. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a cemetery cottage. And I phoned them up without even going in. I knew that I would have that cottage. I knew I'd live in it. I just knew. And so I didn't have a pot to pee in. Um, I, you know, at this point, my my friend hadn't offered to like, lend me any money. I didn't have any credit references. Obviously, all my credit had been lost, you know, with the credit yeah. people. There's no way I was going to get it. There's no way I was going to get it. And do you know what I did? And I, even the credit check went through. And I'd like, you know, lost my house. I'd been had my um, mobile home repossessed. It's like, what the hell? How did that happen? And that was the place where um, the spiritual boot camp began. First of all, getting my faith back and the fact that there was something still out there. Also, what helped was is that a couple of years beforehand, my dad had come and visited me. And I know it will never happen again while I'm on the earth plane this time round. but he manifested himself um, for 10 minutes and told me the hell I was going to go through. And he told me when I would come out of it 
and when I'll be living this amazingly different life, blessed with abundance and happiness and contentment. And I thought, whatever. Um, but I, but that was in the back of my mind, despite the fact that I wanted to kill myself. And every day I'd pick those tablets up and that morphine up and think, I'm literally half an hour away from death. Um, but then I would stop because my dogs would be laying on my chest. And I thought, God, I can't leave them here. I can't do it. So they kind of kept me alive. And then when the miracles started, the visitations, the synchronicity, the signs started, I thought, my good God, there's something really happening here, which I need to kind of pay attention to. They Even in dream state, they were getting hold of my consciousness and, and taking me through healing through my dream state. Um, and as I say, the surrender moment came. Where I just thought, Do you know what, I can either kill myself or I need to start trusting this stuff that's starting to happen and let them you know, take over, i.e. the angel realms, the spirit world. Um, yeah. And I, I literally did it naked <laughs> under a full moon in the, in the cemetery. And I just, I, I found it was a representation of, of birth. You come into the, you know, the world oh, naked, birth. completely vulnerable. Yeah. And so for some reason, I didn't plan to do it because it was blinking freezing. I think it was like February. It was so cold. And there was like frost on the ground, but I didn't care. And I just literally kneeled down with my arms out. And I just said, I, I just give my heart and soul to you. Please help me. Please show me the way forward because I can't do this anymore. I don't want to go back to spirit world. I haven't got the courage to take myself back there. You need to help me now. I surrender myself. Basically, I did that. Cry my eyes out. Shuffle back to bed. The following day, there was a food and drink hamper on the doorstep that someone had put anonymously down there. And it had all the food that I needed because I couldn't buy food at the time. I didn't have enough money. And I thought, wow, this is weird. Who would put a food hamper on the doorstep? You know, and then that is when it started. And I, I just, all I can say to you is, you know, without giving you every single thing that's in the book that will make you go, wow, is that if Anybody who listens to this thinks they're alone, no matter what trauma they're going through, no matter what has hit them on this particular life, you are not alone. I kid you not. And and the thing is, is that I do love that I did lose my faith for that time and I hated them and everything they represented because it's almost like people could have said, oh, you know, it's preaching to the converted. It was easy for you. It wasn't. They had to literally drag me from this dark abyss of lack of faith and hate and anger and pain and vulnerability and defeat and bring me back to someone that sits here now. I was just saying to you, you know, and what I also love as well is that this book isn't about me, myself, and I, it's about, oh, I've sussed it. I'm now healthy and I play tennis three times a day and swim 10 miles every single week, you know? No, because those books really pee me off. They really get on my boobies. I'm not going to lie. Nikki. Just people used to send me people used to send me books. I've worked out the secret of Emmy. Yes, I am brilliant. You think, oh shut up. You know? And that is why I did such a, a raw depiction of how messed up I was. You know? <laughs> I'm so glad that no one can see us sometimes because <laughs> if they did They'd be like, Savia, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm great. You know, and that's why I did such a raw depiction of how messed up I was 
and how bad it really is because I was so sick of all these people like in their skimpy little tennis. Oh, I've, I've worked out CFS. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you haven't. There isn't a cure. Get over yourself, love. You obviously either have just naturally progressed from having fatigue or you didn't have it in the first yeah. place and you're misdiagnosed because it, it, you know, and part of the, part of this is acceptance. So you've got your surrender and then you've got your acceptance, accept your new life. And then once you've accepted that and accepted what you're you're dealing with, then you adapt. And the adaption came again, not my choice. I didn't even think for a minute that I would be an author ever. Don't get me wrong. I loved writing. I loved doing my articles in magazines. I've always been very good at writing since I was a kid. You know, I took my English O-level early. Um, and I loved the English language. Da, 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 da. And so when when the, this angel starts saying, right, I'm like, you are having a laugh, mate. I'm not writing anything. Because during the time of when I was ill, when I could physically pick up a pen and physically see, I would write down in my journal what was going on mentally, physically, spiritually in my life at the time. So, yes, there was a lot of pain in those journal entries that you'll read. Um, but again, yeah. it's showing the re reality of this condition because we are literally left to get on with it. You know, as I said to you, the ME clinic, I'll, you know, colour in a diary. And then I got struck off because I was too ill to attend. I was too exhausted. It's like, what? You know, they said, oh, you go to physiotherapy. Can I have hydrotherapy, please? I said, I think that will really help. Being in a warm pool, just being able to, no, 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 we only do that for people who've had, you know, accidents and recover. And I said, well, I am. And it goes, no, 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 you know, if they've broken the leg or something. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Tai Chi. And I said to this bloke, I said, are you taking the piss? I said, are you taking the And he goes, what did you can't say that to me? I said, I can't even lift my head. I said, can you not see? I'm laying my head on a pillow in a wheelchair it's taken me three hours to get ready my friend dressed me and got me here and now I'm mostly going to sleep for a week because I've made the effort to come here and you're telling me to do Tai Chi I'd nearly said to him like are you on drugs or something you <laughs> I think you should have and he got the right so you refused to do it then I went oh my do you know what just wheel me out of here it wasn't a cool move, actually. Just wheel me out of here. I was like to have stamped out of there myself. Just wheel me out from this man. And he said that I, you know, my attitude was wrong. I couldn't even do it. What the hell? So I got struck off there because I was too ill to attend and refused to do Tai Chi. I didn't refuse. I couldn't even raise my bloody arms, you know. Yeah, my nose is itching me now as well. Now, see? But that's normally my dad or my nan. But I can't see or feel anybody, so I don't know what it's about. But every single time I start talking about spirit or I'm working in that vibration and thinking of them and feeling them, it's my nose and my crown chakra. So weird. Oh, my, my, mine is my nose and my third eye. And your third eye. Yeah, mine's crown yeah. and nose, so we're similar. Yeah, so all the time. Beautiful energy you have. Beautiful energy. Oh. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah, so I can't even remember where I am now. It's such a lovely chat. Yeah, so... Then, the, as I say, the miracles of Spirit Boot Camp came. And with every single thing that happened that was so gobsmackingly unbelievable, even to the extent of my nan, you know, directing me to this new drug that I had to take, LDN. And then within a week of taking that, I was up and phoning my mum saying, I'm going to come and see you. What are you talking about? You know, I've been in bed for years, yeah. five years. And I said, I'm going to drive over. And she lived in Hayling Island. It was a good two-hour drive. I said, I've got this new drug. I said, that Nan told me about. 
And um, then told you, I went, yeah, 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 I'll tell you when I see you. Um, and then I was driving for two hours. It was very difficult, don't get me wrong. I had to take a lot of pain relief and I kind of had to stop every 10 minutes. So I really shouldn't have done it. But I, it was part of my sanity to get some form of control and some form of independence back, yeah. you know. Um, so that, I didn't even realise, I didn't put this in the book, right? I didn't even realise because my car had sat for years, it wasn't taxed or anything. <laughs> and it wasn't until i came back i thought oh my goodness (gasps) my my car's illegal so i had to get it all done really quickly um and then you know there are you joyrider sorry darling look at you you joyrider no no i'm just i'm shameless darling i had no tax or anything no mot i was shameless but then, you know, it hadn't done anything. It was obviously safe because I would have, I definitely wouldn't have driven it if I didn't think it was safe. But I remember it was all Aww. full of cobwebs and God knows what, that poor little car. Um, and, it, you know, it just, <clears throat> it gave me the boost. Don't get me wrong, though. As you know, I think as you've read it, there's peaks and troughs where suddenly something yeah. else will take you down. But one of the things I've learned is, is no matter how many times you go down, you could go down 800 times, but the fact is you get up 801. And that's how I look at it. It's getting up again. It doesn't, you know, and I just, as I just said to you, I've had two weeks or even three weeks. Oh my God, it's been three weeks. I've had three weeks of laying in beds, bored because my mind has not been able to interact or do anything. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Again, the other problem is spirit people come in, they start barking at nothing. Mia, you know, you know what it could be as well. She's, you know what it could be. What's that? It could be. Okay, I'm an empath. Yeah. And I'm also an angel, so it could be that I see a lot of the things that you said. She's barking. I don't know. You'll have to excuse the mess. No, no, don't worry. She's barking at the midair. There's nothing there. Yeah, it's because someone's there. Yeah. Mia, she's looking directly at nothing. I can't sense it, though. It's a bit weird. Come on, come come back. Good girl. Bloody dog's interrupting again. So, um, what's we saying, darling? <laughs> so, you you taxed your car. Yeah. You went to see your mum. <clears throat> so, when I was at my mum's, she's like, couldn't believe it she was crying and everything saying wow this is just incredible um that you're here and then I told her about all of the visits and all the rest of it and she'd been getting a lot of spirit visits and then I thought oh my god I don't believe this one of the things I'm going to be dealing with in the future is very soon just knew she was going to die and the problem with that is is that dick who I was with had managed to separate me from an already fractured family that being my brother and sister so I then had to realize that there was going to be a reunion coming up and it's just incredible how during the journey of loss to then gaining everything back I've refound my family all that's been healed all that's been healed and that was ripped to pieces right from the beginning um, because I adopted, um, you know, this mum figure to try and protect them from the the monster that my mum married. Um, and I was more viewed as a mum than rather than a sibling. And it was just all totally wrong. So it was easy to fracture a family. And this dick was a con man anyway. So he easily kept them away from me because they'd found out that he was stealing from my company as well. Um, and so, you know, to go through the process of 
losing my mum, but with this new concept, this new knowledge, this new strength in the spirit world, this new, don't get me wrong, this is what I don't want people to misconstrue. Before the accident, I, I knew, I felt, I believed, and I had everything connected to the spirit world and the angel realms. But as I said, I didn't feel it and work it for myself. And this was the first time I went through a loss where I was working it for myself, checking in with myself, checking in with the spiritual elements around me. I've got an amazing photograph of Archangel Azrael that was there in the hospital room when I was there with my sister-in-law, who I'd just reunited with, and my brother. And I took a photo. I thought, oh, my God, that's Azrael. And I heard his name as I took the photo. And Azrael is the angel that's there around people that are just going to be passing soon. And even though it was incredibly difficult and it was so tragic because my, you know, it was down to the hands of carers that had neglected her and my stepdad had neglected them. That's not the one that wasn't the abuser, by the way, that's the third one. Um, had abused, had not abused them, but just left them. So they were dehydrated, starved, hadn't had their medication. And I, I absolutely 100% blame them, but I've dealt with that um, for their demise. Um, it was Christmas Day as well that we had to rush down there, and it was and it was it was bittersweet being there with my brother and sister, um, eating rubbish out of a vending machine on Christmas Day, looking at our mum, knowing that she was going to die. It was just, just just no doubt about it. But again, going through that with all the knowledge I had, with knowing that the angel realms, what they'd be doing, the spirit world, and knowing that I was strong enough to cope with that after everything I'd been through. It was so much easier to cope with the grief and to cope with the loss. Don't get me wrong, as a human, we're all going to be devastated, but it was easier. And I think I try and get that across in me, myself and I. And everything now, it's like it doesn't matter, you know. And I don't mean that in a flippant way, that everything that crosses my path now, and it isn't a lot, to be fair, because I just literally live in this abundance now. If I think, oh, I could do with that, that will really help, bang, it happens, now, I remember, um, when was it? I think it was last year, the year before, I was really struggling with that same old car because it was manual and my limbs were killing me. Even just, you know, when I can manage to go out, even if it was around the corner, my leg on the clutch and using the gears, I was like, I can't do this. It's killing me. So I thought, I need an automatic car. Yeah. I thought, I haven't got any credit, though. There's no way I'm going to get it. But I just thought, and then suddenly it was, you will. And I thought, oh, I will. I deserve this. I need help. I need an automatic car. I need something where I can just put my foot on and steer. And by the end of the evening, I had like a, a, a year and a half old car, um, automatic, with even a panoramic roof that I wanted. I thought, no, I deserve this. And I got it. And I was like, I see in there, my heart was in my throat. So I thought, there's no way I'm going to get the credit. And I thought, stop it. Stop thinking that. You do deserve it. You need this because of your pain you know, do it. And it just went bling. Thank you very much. You can pick your car up next week. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. And that's how my life works. I've now got the most beautiful home. It's all paid for, got no mortgage right next to the beach. So, so as soon as I feel well enough, like today, for instance, is one of my first days where I felt quite normal. And so I thought, right, and it takes me 30 seconds in the car because walking perhaps would be too much energy because I've learned to respect my body, my energy, mm-hmm. my pain levels, which I never did before. I don't hardly ever drink alcohol. I don't do get um, dairy, gluten, because I've been taught all this through the years 
from the spirit world and from all these people I've attracted in abundance that have helped me on a homeopath um, route. Um, so I'm like this guru temple body. <laughs> Why am I not size 10 though? That's what I don't get. I used hey, to drink like, like to a be fish. A size I used 10. to eat takeaways after shows. I am now like snow white without eating a poison apple. And what happens? Still not a size 10. <laughs> and what's all that about? Not even I'm a size 10. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, I thought it'd be amazing. No, I'm joking. And so, and I literally, all I'd got to do is drive in my automatic car down there. I let the dogs out. I sit on the seawall, making sure I'm warm and just embrace the energy and hear the energy of the sea. And they run around to their heart's desire. And I've like, I've, I've made it. I've done it. Whereas you could adopt a, oh, well, my God, you know, I'm in pain. I can't go anywhere. All I'm doing is going to the beach. All I'm doing is this. But I've adopted and they've taught me to adopt this way of life that you look at every positive. You know, last summer I would sit and hear birdsong and watch one of my spirit totems is a bee. And one of my friends even bought me. I know people aren't going to see this, but one of my spirit, one of my beautiful friends, my new friends that are now around me in this new energy are the most beautiful, caring, empathic, most wonderful, positive people I've ever had in my life. Um, and so one of them bought me this and made me cry, a bee pendant on a necklace, and just a bee coming and landing on my leg every day, and then there was a dragonfly, and even my friend noticed it. She went, didn't that happen yesterday? She used to come over and sunbathe with me in the back garden. I said, yeah, and then I had a dragonfly and a bee land on me every single day, even when my brother came to stay with my beautiful um, nieces and nephew, like even on the beach, my and that they're psychic, especially my nephew Tyler. He's just wow. He's going to be amazing medium. And he went, Auntie Nikki goes, yeah. She goes, look down. And I went, even on the beach, there's a bee sitting on my leg. And he even noticed it when they were standing. I went, this is really weird. So she starts used to test it and go, if there's, you know, if this, if you're my totem, I thought this is my mum's energy. It feels like, if you know. Yeah. If, if you're on my totem, let me know. And then a car drove past with a bee painted on the back of it. There you go. And so, you know, and that's how my world rocks now. See, I've got that in there. Savia rocks. See? It's I'm it. clever, aren't I? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and so I'm completely in tune with them all the time. And it's almost like I live more um, conceptually, spiritually up there than I am here. So that if anything happens that gets on my nerves... It's or you know anything any low ballers that come in life as I say I really don't get a lot of them it doesn't matter you've got to look at the gratitude side of your life what are you grateful for what is good in your life yes this isn't a great thing that's happened but can you change it no can or can you change it yes change it if not accept it move on adapt so it's surrender accept adapt that's exactly how I live my life now. And it's perfect. And yeah, it has been rubbish. Don't get me wrong. I've had a couple of days and I do put that towards the end of my book. You know, yeah, you know, it's still I'm still going to get crap days. It's still going to be rubbish, but it's okay. It could be worse, you know. And so I just enjoy a box set, which is wonderful. I should become I should become the new Jonathan (laughs) Ross. 
I should be sitting again. Yeah, that I literally everybody comes to me now and goes, "Well, what should I watch on Netflix?" Okay, what genre do you want, darling? Yeah, well, you can watch this, 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 and that. And because you know that, that that's great. Whereas again, desert or oasis, and one of my main guides, Julianus, and I'm sure I've put this in the book, where he says, "What is wrong with you people down there?" You know, why do you always choose to drag yourself through the desert, starving and thirsting and suffering in your mind when you could be laying in an oasis by a sparkling pool, eating fruits and drinking as much water as you want? Why do you always put yourself through the, you know, why do you focus on the negative and drag yourself through this pain? Snap out of it. It's true. It is true. But we do, don't we? And we even love to invest in it. So if we're having a rubbish day or we've got the arm, we then think, right, let's make it really crap. Let's put some music on that will make me feel even worse. And, oh, let's think about it. Yeah, I'm going to dedicate the next 10 minutes to thinking about all the things that could go wrong, all the projections. It's almost like, you know, the the Ten of Swords in Tarot or Nine of Swords projecting all of this ill thoughts and feelings when it hasn't even happened. We just love to... You're manifesting it and you don't even realise you're manifesting Absolutely right, darling. And so you've got to snap out of it. And and as I said, a couple of days ago, I was like, this is rubbish. On my back, I was in agony. I was totally exhausted. I was I couldn't even understand what was being said on the telly. I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is it. I'm going to end up with this for months and months and months. And I nearly went down that slippery slope of indulging and allowing that first thought to lead to further thoughts that then leads to emotion, then leads to a behaviour. And I stopped it and I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And in the end, all I did was was put on my favourite music from the 80s and that kind of just took me out of that, you know, snapped me out of it. It's like, do you know when you watch all these dog training things and, like you know, the the dog whisperer turn up, they snap the dog out of it, snap out of it so that they don't continue. It's true, though, isn't it? That analogy has just come into my head. I'm mental, aren't I? I know I am. Right? And it, but they, 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 you know, they suddenly go, watch, or whatever they do. Like, what's his name? Caesar Madlan, or whatever his name is, right? He goes, and they're like, whoa. And, they, and he snaps them out of the reverie they're in, which is either going into angry, aggressive mode or vulnerable mode. And that's what we need to do. We need to snap ourselves out of it and change our thought direction to something positive something good no matter what it is no matter what it is and that's how I get through it and this is why no doubt you know the angel realm saying you will you know send this book out of your diet your personal diary I'm like are you mental no um and then I suddenly get these magazine columns from nowhere which is impossible because you have to be out there doing it and be, you know, really like I was, thousands of followers and everything else. And I had none. I think we've got down to about 5,000 followers in the end. God bless them, those Facebook followers. And I'm like, no, I can't put a book out because most of them will ask, you know, what your presence is. And they won't accept a deal because I haven't got any columns or anything. So, no. And what happens? The following day I get an email right out of the blue. Hello, would you like to do a column? And I'm like, whatever, Angel Realms, whatever. And then just to really rub it in, a month later, I get another offer for another one. So that was Psychic Detective and um, Diary of a Psychic um, in Fate and Fortune and Spirit and Destiny. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll put the book together then. 
And I honestly didn't think for one minute, and it's really bad of me because we really should, as you say, you manifest exactly what comes to you. So it should have been this book will go out, I will get a deal, and this will be great. And I didn't. I sent it out like, yeah, take it if you want, but it's just a diary. Who's going to care about it? And then within a week, I get this deal offered and I'm like, oh, my God, these publishers want to take it. I couldn't believe it. And then when it goes out, it goes to number one um, on Amazon in my genre. Couldn't believe it. I'm like, what the hell? And literally, as I said to you earlier, you know, the people that have the emails from all over the world that I've got from people just say, you know, my God, what you went through and that you've pulled yourself back. And you're so positive and abundant and you've uh, you've given me inspiration to fight or you've given me inspiration to know I'm not alone. You've given me the knowledge now to know that I will always have an angel when I fall. I will always have my dad in the spirit world with me. And then they want to invest in how more can I work this? So then that goes in hand with my YouTube videos that I do. And again, the angel realms told me to do that. And I always know it's angel realms because it's a deep commanding boof energy spirit people are a bit more personable but the angel realms were teach and I'm like oh I don't think so you've already got me doing a book I don't think so teach and then my phone comes on and there's a YouTube video playing I haven't even subscribed to and I'm like oh hell no oh you're so not going to be doing that no you're not going to be doing YouTube and then it ha- they kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then I thought, oh, God, I'll do it. And so I sit most of the time, no makeup. And my goodness, I'd never do that before because that would have been my old self. I have to look perfect. I have to look nice and people please. And now I'm so transparent, I could be the invisible girl. Do you know what I mean? And so I sit in my bedroom. I'm, most of the time I'm in bed and I love it. Great. Because, because, you know, I've adapted. I write books, I write in magazines and I've adapted. And I just sit there, no makeup. Most of the time my hair isn't brushed. In my PJ, sometimes you'll see me twice in the same PJs. <laughs> and I just share philosophy. I do. Now and then I do angel and tarot card readings for people, you know, just pull a few cards for people. I do guided meditations now, um, which people are loving, especially the visiting heaven ones. And I'm doing it from my bed. And I and again, you know, I get uh, messages and emails from people specifically in the US and Canada, huge following over there where they are just saying, my God, you've changed my life. You brightened my day. I, I now think, what would Nikki do? And I'm like, oh, God, what would Nikki do in this situation? You know, and, and I just can't believe it. And it's all been led by another dimension, that being the angel realms. And so mm-hmm. I trust them implicitly. Don't get me wrong. I have a bit of a moan at them now and then. A bit of domestic goes off. And I go, Really? <laughs> Why, why am I in this relapse? I said that the other day. I'm like, why am I still in this relapse? It's been nearly three weeks. It's not happening. But I'm coming out of it now, whereas I honestly believe if I was still in that old mental state, if I was still in that old way of being, this would be another couple of years relapse. And so, you know, it's just honouring it, thinking, right, what do I need? And I even i am so tuned into my body. This is a beauty. This was a gift, darling. This accident was the biggest gift I could have got because my whole life would have been a roller coaster of chaos. And now it isn't. And so even now, I think I need iodine and water. 
and then I'll go to, you know, and I used to have this kinesiologist used to go to, and he goes, you need iodine. I went already on it. I was told two days ago, my intuition told me, okay, then. And I'm on it and I know what my body needs. I've recently had this thing. I need Manuka honey. So I've been feeding myself Manuka honey and then it stops and I don't want it anymore. And so I just listen to what I need. Do I need peace? Do I need yeah. music? Do, and I have my angel music on. I have my essential oils burning and I am in the most fantastic sanctuary. And I can't believe how lucky I am that I've been shown this and that I can work it so easily. And do you know what? When you are physically exhausted, when you have a chronic condition, when you're in pain all the time, when you've got depression, and I had, you know, I've always suffered with mental health anyway issues um, because of my past. I've always suffered with depression, but pretended I didn't. And now I'm very, very proud to say that I have it. And um, I'm very proud to say that I adapt with it and I respect it. And if it tells me I'm really having a crap day, I go, okay, then what should we do about that? So I see my, you know, if I ever dip down in depression, which again is a symptom of CFS and fibromyalgia, I think, okay, and I treat it like a little child. What do you want? Wait a bit, cup of tea. (laughs) What do you want that I can make you feel better? Not, oh my God, why have I got depression? think what can I do to make you better come on tell me and a bit, oh, well I'll funny. have a bit of chocolate and I'll, and I'll watch that box set come on then let's do that let's have this and that's my excuse for my chocolate eating <laughs> ah. uh, <laughs> I like it exactly this like purely it. for medicinal purposes um <laughs> and that's the way to do it and so I kind of feel that and I remember my dad saying back in 2013 when he visited me when I was in Turkey or 2014, whenever it was, and he said to me, you're going to be working in the most incredibly different way. He goes, you're just, you're just not going to realise and it's going to bring so much greater good. And I remember thinking at the time, how am I going to work any differently? Because, but, but my path at that time was to prove the afterlife and bring connections um, of people that have passed over to their people, you know, and that's what I thought I was here to do to be someone that, you know, obviously highlight there is an afterlife and and teach people how to develop their mediumship skills and things like that. But now it's turned more to, um, funnily enough, though, my next book is about the afterlife, but um, I've turned it more to coping on your human experience, making it easier and acknowledging um, there is a different frequency, different dimensions out there connected with the angel realm spirit world and that we can use them and we're connected in with them and we're all part of the same universal energy we can work it, it but we can also spread that knowledge spread that love especially during this crisis at the moment you know and we are family it's like every single person i've spoken to like you that there's an empath and has got that energy it's like meeting another family member and so we're getting more connected. We're being listened to more. People have lost faith because of what's happening in the planet. And you, t- you, you kind of watch them turn to people like us. So this we're at the forefront at the moment. Empaths and light workers, you know, people like you who are doing, I've been listening to a load of your podcasts, are so powerful and so beautiful. And people are turning to this now. They're turning to this alternative. Well, there's nothing else here. What else we got? And they're listening to the spiritual stuff. They're they're wanting to learn more about higher powers because they haven't got anything else. These lockdowns, people are losing the plot, you know. And so they are, oh, I'll have a little look at that. And I think, oh, that's interesting. And I don't know if you've um, recently seen um, on Netflix, Surviving Death. 
don't know if you've seen it. I've heard of it. I heard, I have heard of it. I just haven't seen it. Oh my goodness! Give it a look. Okay. It covers like near death experiences, mediums, um, reincarnation, all that kind of stuff, and it's just a really respectful, practical, well balanced look at you know light workers rather than all the rubbish they normally put on there where we have the mickey taken out of us and they pick the most pathetic wannabes and and film them, you know, rather than film the people that are actually doing good in the world as medium psychics, healers. And um, that kind of thing, I'm thinking, good. You know, let's, let's try and bring a more positive, more balanced look at our religion, if you like, our, our vocation. Have a look at us and see whether you like it or not and come and have a look at what we can do and help you. You know, and so I'm loving that. And it's even th- and I even mentioned it on one of my YouTube videos recently about Dr. Eben Alexander. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He was a brain surgeon in America. Do you have you heard of him? No. And he oh my goodness. And he he was a neurosurgeon, is a neurosurgeon, and basically death was death. That was it. Complete skeptic. You know, at the end of the day, once the neurons have all died and the brain's dead, that's it. Buried, done. There's no afterlife, no consciousness, nothing. Amazingly, he got hit with this most outrageously volatile and fatal virus. And he was in a coma within a couple of hours, brain dead. Right, brain dead. And the doctors kept saying to his wife, look, you know, we're really going to have to turn him off. You need to. She went, no, he's coming back. He's coming back. And I said, look, he's, he's, he's brain dead. He's literally on a ventilator. There's nothing going on here. He's a dead body. No, 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 no. And she kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And after a certain amount of time, he just woke up. And he yeah. said, and one of the first things he said was, get me a pen now. I've been to heaven. And he knew, he knew that he'd been to heaven because there's no way, because he was brain dead, there was no way he could have hallucinations or see anything in his consciousness because it's physically impossible. So he now goes around, this creditable neurosurgeon now goes around talking about heaven, has written a map of heaven in his books, and he goes around telling people there is an afterlife, there is a heaven, and this is how it looks, and this is what you're going to be seeing, and this is what you're going to be experiencing. So even now, the planet's turning around, knowing this crisis is taking place. Sorry, I'm getting a bit deep, but you know they're picking capable, um, respectable people, giving them these experiences so that they can go forward and go, well, hang on a minute, I was a neurosurgeon. I was a doctor, I was a nurse, and these people are all now say I was a scientist, you know, another one I, I saw recently, a forensic scientist, and yet hundred percent there is an afterlife. I know this because so it's almost like the angel realms and the universe are now getting all these viable people that would normally discredit us, and they're saying, Yeah, I'm a neurosurgeon, but I'm also telling there's a heaven. You're like, come on now, can you see where I'm going? It's like there's this yep. new awakening taking place and it's been slowly happening since 2012. I've been watching it. And funny enough, my accident was 2012. And most of the experiences of life changing things that have happened to light workers, I know, happened 2012. And it's been building and building and building and building to 2020, where this awakening, the age of Aquarius is taking place, where we are now the forefront trying to bring yes. people into this light and trying to get people to understand that, we can get through this mentally, spiritually, if you just open your heart and your mind to higher powers. No matter what your belief system is, no matter where you come from, what you creed, your religion, colour, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
as long as you can try and connect with a higher power and know you're not alone, then you're halfway through all of the battles of your life. Amen. Amen to that. I feel like I've just been in church. I think you've just preached and it's gone right through me. And And one thing, one thing, Nikki, that has never happened on the podcast, and I must say it, okay, how many questions have I asked you from my sheet? One. It was one. First one. It was one. Sorry, question. if I over. No, 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 not at all. No, no. It's all positivity, love, evolvement. It's all good. It's all goodness. It's amazing because I asked you only one question. Wow. Do you know what? That's just really hit me because you're right. Did I cover a lot of the questions you were going to ask? I think you covered your whole book. <laughs> <laughs> you covered you covered your book. You covered what happened in, in your life with family. You covered your emotional state. You covered mental health. You covered abuse. You covered... Um, see, it's like I'm doing a... Ba- Guys, this is what happened. This is what happened. <laughs> you covered seeing your father... You covered um, talking to people about spirit, spirituality and us now being at the forefront and us being that positive psyche help for people yep. who feel depressed, feel like their mental state is not where it should be. Yep. And to be quite honest with you, Nikki, I love every second of it because it helps people understand that even though we are in a human form, it does not mean that we're human. Absolutely yeah, right. And I've all, and I've always said to people, people look at me crazy. And I'm sure you will understand this. And it's nice to be able to talk to a fellow family member. Yeah. When I say, I'm not human, people look at me like, yeah, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not human. Being serious, I'm not human. And then they're like, no, yeah, you are. I'll be like, okay, you don't understand yet. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. And having second sight, you spoke about having second sight. I have second sight. I always see my grandfather all the time he's always in the doorway the same way your dog was barking and he was at the doorway it could just be my grandfather going to your house at hey granddad let me see you then <laughs> it it must have been your energy because i couldn't sense sometimes when there's visitation from another person like you your family i can't see or sense it it's really weird you almost probably see a man with a hat on um in like a suit he's very tall and that's most probably what your dog was barking at. Right. And anytime I'm connecting to somebody who is of the same spirituality, it's most probably that, to be quite honest. That's why when your dog was barking, I was like, "That's my gra- what's my granddad doing oh over there? Oh my goodness, yeah, in yeah. the doorway. And there was a couple of times the when there were shadows going past the doorway. And I thought, no, don't start looking at that because if I start zoning in, then I'm going to lose where I'm talking. But I noticed that yeah, definitely that there was um, shadows going past the doorway. Teddy's just looking because I notice every time, every time I go to the cemetery, the sun always comes out. Oh and wow! Like, even when it's raining, even when it's ra- it could be thunder and lightning. Uh, all of a sudden, the sun would come out when I go to the cemetery to see him, and I'm like, "This is really weird," and I never could understand it because I was young and I was still trying to understand it. So I could relate to everything that you were saying, and I was like, "Wow." We have a lot in common when it comes to it, but it's understanding and knowing and not letting anybody diminish your gift. That's another thing. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And again, 
you know, in my previous life, the old life, it would really affect me personally. I would end up spending hours doing a reading for someone to make sure I please them enough. And as you know, people that are lost, it's never enough. They want more and more and more. And so I used to completely let, you know, give away all my energy to these people to please them. And what's the whole point of me saying that? What was that? I can't remember. I don't even know what the whole point of me saying that was now. <laughs> but it's okay. giving away all the energy, but it's maintaining the energy. Oh, there was something I was going to say there, and I've completely lost it. Can't remember. Trail of thought. I completely lost it. <laughs> <laughs> it will come back. I guarantee you, I know it's going to happen, right? It will come back when we come offline. <laughs> and you'll be like, Man, I need to tell Savvy. I know that. it might be because I'm getting tired that it's just suddenly gone. But um, I'm glad I covered it. All. Wow, I can't believe that. But you do. I've got such a passion and such a love for this um, way of being and trying to show people that it's there for them and it's free and it's easy. You haven't got to take a course you know, up. Exactly. And this is what I say to people all the time. So for the listeners who don't know. I don't really talk about me very much, but I feel very safe with Nikki talking. So I'm going to talk for a second. So I work, and it was true. I love it. It's nice. I work in a building where there are millionaires there all the time. I work 50 hours a week. Then I come home, I do a podcast. Then I would read, then I would write. Then I would get myself ready for the next day. Now I'm working in a building where these people don't need to worry about what they're eating uh, their lifestyle because they already have everything yeah but still nikki and i'm sure you can relate to this they don't have gratitude but they've been given everything but they don't have the gratitude yeah yeah and one thing that i wanted to change in that building is the way people's attitudes were towards unconditional love when it comes to loving everything i don't mean materialistic things just materialistic things i mean everything and everyone and don't look at a person just on the outside and then automatically judge them find out who they are first have a conversation with them because conversation is one of the most powerful things in the world is to have a conversation with somebody i wouldn't be able to know you nikki i wouldn't be able to know what you've been through who you love how you love what makes you tick? What makes you upset and angry? Technology does. I've learned that. And <laughs> <laughs> the F word didn't come out earlier. I'm not going to lie. I just my microphone. Work. I don't mind. I don't mind. But it makes you uniquely you. And what I love about working in my workplace is that I've changed the attitude of the people who now work there. And I believe that as an angel, people are like, why haven't you made it yet? You you can make it by just being authentically you and going to different places where the angels send you to change it. That could be what you're on earth to do, to change the way people look at the world and feel at the world because people are abusing the world and they're abusing each other. So angels come in, angels in paths, psychics we come down to change the way people think and feel of the world so that's just my version of what I feel it is as well as you bringing yours in I absolutely get that darling you're absolutely right and communication is just literally a human way 
of connecting your energy to someone else. You know, I, I always say I'm a spirit person on a human experience, which is what we are. We just we just choose to come down here, mental as we are, choose our path, come and do it and have our human experience. And I think the older yeah. we get, our, you are an old soul as well. You've been here so many times. We choose harder challenges because we're so euphoric up yeah. there we go do you know what let's really smash it this time let's have an accident and put myself in bed for five years yay <laughs> and I, I just and as you've done you've changed the environment you work in god bless you you're so beautiful you are you're beautiful energy and it's the and it's the same I make change from my bed how many people can say that? I don't even have to go anywhere. I don't even have to go into an office. I'm very lucky in that respect. I don't have to go anywhere. I can do it sitting in my bed, which is incredible, you know. And, you, again, it's just being grateful. Do you know what What um, really came into my mind? Sorry, I do go on, but you just, you just encourage so much out of people. You're so good at what you do, darling. And... I remember I, I did used to make a very healthy amount of money um, before, and I worked very hard. Um, and I remember being in a concierge suite with a butler service, sandals in Turks and Caicos, right? And it was disgusting money. Um, and But I went to go to the best place to go diving. And I remember sitting there with a glass of champagne, looking out over the Caribbean Sea, and I'd never been so miserable and lost in all my life. So materialism is just doesn't exist. It's like I people hold on to it. And I did that first year. I held on to I've got to pay the mortgage. I've got to pay the mortgage. And then when I collapsed and let it go, I thought, Do you know what? I just the relief of not being stuck and a prisoner to materialism was palpable. I just thought, you know what, take it. And then when I moved down and was obviously in the caravan, and then I just thought, you know what, take it. I'm done. Just, I just can't do it anymore. Just take it. I was so many people kill themselves mentally and physically for this materialistic need to have things. What the hell is wrong with you? No. Think about your happiness, your health, your well-being. That comes first because if you're in a shoebox or a mansion. That is not going to change how you're feeling inside. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Yep. And so I don't care. You know, if I lose this again, oh, I'll lose it. Fair play. I just start again because it's what's going on in here. We all like to have, of course we all like, like to have nice things. But my nice thing is I got excited because I got a chest freezer today. <laughs> I got oh, a No, because I've got this tiny little freezer in the kitchen. And I'm thinking, I, you know, for my next, if I get another relapse, I'm not, I'm not encouraging it, I'm not manifesting it, but I'm thinking practically, I need to batch cook so that when I physically yeah. can't cook or get out of bed, all I've got to do is get it out and chuck it in the microwave. So I thought I need a chest freezer. So that, to me, is my biggest accomplishment, saving up for my chest freezer and getting my <laughs> chest freezer in the garage. Aww. And I'm like, I feel like I've won the lottery because I now can batch cook and freeze all this food for if I ever get poorly again I can just get and that's me and even my friend said she got a bit excited about a freezer went oh my goodness I am because I can batch cook now and I can have all my gluten-free bread in there and never run out again <laughs> <laughs> chest freezer yes I've made it 
I've made it. Oh, man. Oh, Nikki, this has been great. This has been so great. It has. Thank you for oh, having me, dear. darling. I've really, really enjoyed no, you're, it. No, you're I, welcome. I was just going to say, I hope Before I've got across I... everything that yeah. I wanted to say because, it, you know, it can get very in-depth. Um, and I don't want to get too in depth but then you know i'd like delivering things simply and in layman's terms that's what i like to do because i think sometimes people can overcomplicate spirituality and philosophy and get too deep in it i think we need to keep it real keep it understandable so that people that are lost out there can come into the fold and get what it's all about without all of the that's smoke true. and mirrors if you know what i mean that's true i think i think what we've done today was more you than me believe me i think we simplified it yeah but we also made it fun we also made it fun to understand and know that if you have a gift leave him alone <laughs> know that if you have a gift it's one that should be nurtured and you should give your energy to the right people and let go there's we all have to let go of someone or something in our life that we just don't need anymore absolutely right which you've clearly You've stated that so many times on the podcast today and I can only amplify that to people for them to understand that. Just let it go. Lose the fear. Let it go. Yeah, that's the word. Nikki, before I say thank you again to you, I want to ask you, where can we find you on all your social medias? So if anybody would like to get in contact with you the same way I was lucky to... (laughs) Well, it's more it, and Gavin. It was more Gavin. Oh, like, God bless Gavin. Gavin. I love too. Gavin. He's the saviour he is. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. What an inspiration. He, he's, good, he's, he's one of the good ones. Oh, my world. goodness. Right. Yeah. What, and he's brought yeah. me to you. What a star he is. You can find <laughs> me. I will tell you now, though, because I did do an interview with Coast to Coast Radio um, a, a little while ago, and I got over 500 emails of people asking for readings. And it was like, oh, that wasn't quite what I was on the radio for. Unfortunately, because of my condition and my writing commitments, because I have got some projects going on with some other people with my writing, I cannot lend myself to doing just one reading for one person. I'm going to be planning to do some evenings of mediumship on Zoom when I feel a lot stronger. But please don't ask for reading at the moment. I have not got the energy to do it. I'm not well enough to do it. And I respect myself enough to say no. See, I'm doing it. I'm working it. So, but Good. for anything else, please um, come and see me on YouTube, which is Nikki Allen, A L A N. Um, my website is www.nikkiallen.co.uk. And if you want to send me an email about anything we've spoken about today, it's nikkiallen333 at gmail.com. And my book, which is out at the moment, obviously, Nick, uh, I was just going to say my email address then. Emmy or me, myself and I, Dover Psychic, is available on Amazon. You can either have it on Kindle or paperback. And if you want a personalised message one, just email me or go through my website. And I've also got other calls. I've got um, a mindfulness course for spiritual self-development, um, which is all the tips that the angel realms and the spirit world bought me. And it's called Prism Living. So if you have a look on the website, everything is there. And I'm literally, I've got my second book coming out soon, Survival. So I'm working on that. So it's all about writing, teaching and helping you guys out there on making the best experience you can this lifetime round. And obviously, you know, we've got so much loss going on now with COVID. Um, and so I don't think my book could have come out at a better time because it is all about how to survive loss. It's not just about chronic illness. It's about surviving loss 
and finding peace, acceptance and abundance when you have lost a person, lifestyle, whatever it is. Loss is loss. Grief is grief. And so I think this is really going to help. Well, I know it has because of the feedback I've got. It's going to help people, you know, find some way of moving on from their loss. And God bless all those people that have, had, have experienced that loss. It's horrific, isn't it? How many people have lost their lives and how many people are grieving? And I think that is another reason why so many people are suffering with mental health, not just because of lockdowns. So I think the general energy of the planet at the moment is just on an all-time low. And so that's why we're here, darling, to raise that vibration and start trying to put some like puncture holes in the ether to try and bring some light and yeah. happiness into this very very critical time on the planet so let's keep doing it and you're going to keep doing it every week with your beautiful podcast and i'll do it sitting in my pjs looking like rubbish from my bed (laughs) (laughs) honestly someone sent me a message earlier i went oh my god you look amazing that it was they'd found this old for some reason there's this one particular reading i did about a year ago, my hair was longer, I had makeup on, I felt really good. So, you know, I make an effort when I'm feeling good. When I'm feeling good. She went, oh my God, you look amazing. Oh my God, I, hardly, I didn't even recognise you. I didn't know it was you. I'm like, oh, it's only a bit of makeup, love. Just because normally I'm sitting in bed, but I was actually dressed in this one. For some reason, this one particular reading I did, thousands of views of it, I, God knows why, I don't know what's different about it, but it makes me laugh because as soon as I put a bit of makeup on and brush my hair, people go, oh, my God, I didn't even recognise you. It's like my postman. If you ever saw me dress with makeup on, he'd be like, who are you? Where's Nikki? (laughs) (laughs) I'm only joking. I think I look quite good naturally, darling. (laughs) Yes, you do. Exactly. I was about to say. I know, but I wish I had your skin. God, you look, look, I thought you were in the 20s. No, I, I just had my birthday like uh, two weeks ago. Oh, darling, yeah. happy birthday for them. And then, uh, Pants are in it, she couldn't go and do anything. No, I couldn't do anything. I could just like, I went and got a takeout. Good girl. <laughs> <laughs> you rocked I came that. Back home. <laughs> yep, I rocked that. And I, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. I was like, I'm 38 and uh, uh, I feel good. I'm happy. Good uh, girl. I don't have to ask for anything. I need... Anything, it's kind of like it comes when it's meant to come at the right time. Absolutely. There's a timing for everything. It's not when you want it, it's when it's meant to be. So I just I just chilled with it and then that pretty much was it. Good girl. Yeah. Good girl. See, Nikki, I want to say thank you. I have the utmost gratitude for, for you coming <laughs> on the Us People podcast today. It's been Oh man, I can't even explain it, but I've enjoyed every single. Oh, second darling, of it. so far, and I've got the utmost gratitude. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for allowing me to be in your energy because you are a star, darling. And if you ever want me back, I'll be straight oh. there so we can have another chat. Well, I have to. Well, I have to have you back because you've got book two coming. Yes, out, right? I know survival. Right, so then that's a... then there you go. So that's book two. Yeah, there. perfect. Well, yeah. I'll see you on book number two then, darling. Yes, my dear <laughs> guys. Before I go, I'm going to say my outro. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast. And please remember, you can subscribe to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, 
and any other platform you prefer listening to please also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and you can also donate to the yes people podcast by simply going to the savvy rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast guys thank you so much for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another Your voice is amazing. Have you ever thought of voiceover work? Um, not really, no. Your voice is lovely. It is like melted chocolate. It's just so smooth and yummy. <laughs> you're too funny. I understand why you're all right and now. The way you describe things. No, no, that's true. I think it also, I don't know if it's a spiritual thing or the third eye thing, but I always, I always like bring pictures to a thought or 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 I'm talking about Yeah, we, we, we. If you try